0: Hey, this is Amy Trask of CBS Sports Network, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show.
1: And welcome to The Jake Brown Show. That is I. Played at it, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, I've never said that before, and I kind of liked it, though. Uh, the One of our interviews this week, you heard the show yesterday, Wednesday, with Vegas, Dave, and Thursday's <laughs> episode, I'm glad to welcome on. One of the best in the business. She breaks it down. She's a former executive for the Raiders. She wrote an awesome book called You Negotiate Like a Girl. No, we did not say that to her. That is the title of the book. And she is also a part-time rapper. Do we have a rap name for you yet?
0: Um. There have been some assigned to me. I don't know that the FCC would appreciate me saying them over the waves. And, yes, I recognize you're governed by different waves than if we were on a network right now. But I don't want to get you in trouble. We can just use my nickname that Raider Nation embraced, as did I, while I was with the team, and which I shall always cherish, Princess of Darkness.
1: That's, uh, that's better than a lot of the names, a 22 Savage and all the new names that are coming out. I, I can appreciate it.
0: Let me just ask this. Are you maybe a little frightened of me now? Cuz I think you should be.
1: Yeah, I mean Princess of Darkness, it's like a Barbie doll in black. It's it's scary. Um can, can, now we talked about you your NWA. We said on Twitter NWA would be your walk-up song. So if you're in your New York, we do a karaoke NWA. Can you give me a verse of one of your favorite NWA songs right now?
0: Mm. I know because my loved ones have shared with me that it would be a very, very bad idea for me if I ever, ever let anyone outside of my immediate circle of loved ones or my village hear me do that. But I will tell you that my two favorite songs are uh, Gangsta Gangsta and Straight Outta Compton. Wow.
1: You sound like such a like gangster saying that. It was awesome. And by the way, we're talking to Amy Trask. I didn't even say her name. Luke told me that I didn't even introduce you, so it is Amy Trask on the line. You tell him, Luke. Um, <laughs> uh, so, all right, two solid selections, and we did post the just dope picture with Ice Cube. Uh, so today, indeed, was a good day. Amy Trask, follow her on Twitter. She is a CBS Sports Network analyst, author, former Raiders executive. The Raiders are on the move, it seems like, it'll be announced in the next couple of days. Am I right?
0: Well, it's certainly, there's every indication, the team has been forthright, that it wants to move, it wants to relocate, Uh, and look, ultimately... There's a a league process, and and deals are scrubbed and buffed and puffed and vetted by the league office before they're advanced to a committee. The same thing happens at the committee level, and then ultimately it goes to the full ownership for a vote, and the team will have to garner a three-quarter vote of the membership in order to get permission to make the move it wishes to do.
1: Do you like it? Are you a fan?
0: Well... I'm going to answer that in three ways, and it's not to equivocate, um, but I'm a very mixed mind in the following regard. One, um, my heart goes out to Raider fans in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. I was with the team when Al opted to move it from Los Angeles back to Oakland. So I full well know firsthand the heartache associated with a team relocation. Uh, the, The fans in the Bay Area, absolutely magnificent fans, and my heart is with them because, look, the team has made evident for a couple of years its desire to move. It has committed tremendous, tremendous resources to pursuing first the Los Angeles alternative in Carson with the Chargers, and when it failed at that pursuit, it turned its attention immediately to Las Vegas. Now, that said, the Raider Nation is throughout not only this country but the world, And I do believe that if any of the 32 teams can make a go of it in Las Vegas, the Raiders are best suited to do so. My final point, though, is I have long believed, I continue to believe, there is a viable option uh, and solution in Oakland if all the parties work together cooperatively and collaboratively and if they compromise.
1: Do you see Raiders fans traveling? Because in the San Diego to L.A. situation, it's a two-hour drive. You do it eight times a year. It's doable. I don't know the exact amount of hours, but I know it's going to be a hike to get from Oakland to Las Las Vegas.
0: It it is. uh, If you drive, it is, as as you just said, a bit of a hike. Uh, If you choose to fly, it's about an hour or so. Uh, I don't know to what extent Bay fans will, will make that trek on a weekly or some somewhat often basis. Uh, right now in Oakland, a number of fans make the trek for every home game from Los Angeles. So I do know that fans in L.A. will make the flight to Oakland. I don't know if and to what extent fans in Oakland will make the flight to Las Vegas. I do think some of them will. Some of them will be crushed and won't do so. But one thing to remember is that a tremendous um, a very significant, if not the overwhelming portion of Raider fans who are located in Southern California are from an area called the Inland Empire. And that's only about a three hour and 20 minute drive. Uh, someone I am related to who I shall not name can do it in about three hours. But it's really only about a three hour and 20 minute drive to Las Vegas from that portion of Los Angeles in which a vast majority of Raider fans are located. So I do think fans will go to the games, but it's going to crush a lot of hearts in the Bay Area. But
1: are, are they going to sell out? I mean, there's certain sides of Vegas that are good. You have the whole gambling aspect. It's going to be great for business, it seems. Uh, but is this a thing that's going to be 60,000, 70,000 fans every week?
0: Um, I you know, I don't know the answer to that. I think it's something that or my understanding is. It's something that the league is considering. Uh you're going to get a lot of of fans, not only of the Raiders, but of visiting teams that are going to fly into Las Vegas to both spend an exciting, fun weekend in Las Vegas and take in a game. Uh, Query whether that happens for, you know, some of the less, less marquee games, if you will. And, you know, as the Raiders continue to play the exciting football they're playing now, it's going to be a much easier proposition.
1: Amy Trask joining us here on the Jake Brown Show. Follow her on Twitter at Amy Traz. Go get her book, You Negotiate Like a Girl. Do you negotiate like a girl?
0: You know, someone said that to me during my career. I explained in the book my reaction to it, how I comported myself when I was told that. And you know what? Damn right. You know what? I negotiate like me. I negotiate without regard to gender. I just negotiate like me. But I had a lot of fun in the book. Um, I told anecdotes, I shared memories, stories, uh, reflections on almost 30 years I spent in the National Football League. And I do share my views on something that is topical now, which certainly wasn't topical when I started my career in the early 80s, which is women in football, women in sports, and I share my views on business in general.
1: And starting from an intern and working your way to a CEO, I mean, Drake said, "Started from the bottom out here." I know you're a West Coast rap fan, but that quote works perfectly for your career, the rise that you had. Um, What was? Do you look back and say there's one moment um, that stood out versus anything else in those in those twenty years?
0: What a great question. and speaking of West Coast East Coast, I do go Tupac over Biggie. But I will say this, I'm, I'm going to share something yeah. a little I'm going to share something a little personal with you right now. Uh-oh. One of our kitty cats we named after Biggie. Oh. But I'm a Tup I like Tupac and um, Tupac more than Biggie. But we did name a cat after Biggie. I need to do um, karaoke
1: with you cuz it sounds like no, it would I, be I an amazing time.
0: I do not do karaoke. <laughs> not outside the confines of my house when no one's in it. Uh, okay, so um, <laughs> I did start it as an intern, and I mm-hmm. like to underscore that I was an unpaid intern because, you know, kids today actually get paid for it.
1: It's wild. It's
0: crazy. Uh, and, and I say that tongue-in-cheek because I do understand that I had a privilege and a luxury mm-hmm. of doing an internship without compensation. And um, all teasing aside about the topic, not everybody has that, that privilege, so I'm, I'm well aware that it, it benefited me greatly. Uh, I don't think any particular moment— Oh, look, you know what? That's wrong. There were a couple of moments that stand out. Um, I will tell you that one of the biggest misconceptions about Al is that he wouldn't tolerate anyone who disagreed with him uh, or he he wouldn't tolerate disagreement. If that were the case, I would have been fired two weeks into my job uh, (laughs) when when I did disagree with him loudly, heatedly, vehemently. And, you know, some 30 years later, almost 30 years later, I was still there
1: was Amy the transition from Al to Mark difficult was it weird what what was the toughest part of uh, when Al passed away
0: well the toughest part the toughest part of Al passing away was Al passing yeah, away of course. um and you know I was just sharing with someone at CBS Sports Today um, a story about what happened in the days after he left we were contacted by um the National Football League and uh, about, you know, allowing access into his suite for the next home game and, and having an empty chair and cameras. And, and I said, you know, no, no. And, and there was pushback. They didn't understand why we wouldn't allow camera access. We were all walking around just clinging to one another and and crying and and holding on to one another in the hallway so I would say that that losing out was um, just it it was devastating and um, then it would became very very whirlwind for me I I don't remember breathing between the time we lost him and sort of through um, the end of that season we all just put one foot after another to get through the season and I had made a commitment uh, to oversee a seamless transition of ownership. And I saw through that transition, saw that transition through. And um, then I made the hardest decision I have ever, ever made in my life. And that was to leave a job that I had loved for almost, well, I, a job that I had held for almost 30 years, a job which I loved. For those almost 30 years and and as I said that was the hardest decision I've ever had to make but it was the right decision for me
1: will you be, uh, I'll get my Arnold Schwarzenegger voice will you be back um, as, a, as a front office role do you see I mean you're killing it as an analyst I mean you're great and the book is great but do you see yourself getting back in in that capacity at all
0: I don't Um and it's been very flattering and, and exciting, and maybe to use sort of maybe an over-the-top emotional word, it's been very touching that I've had some opportunities to do so. I had been contacted by several teams, but I was a Raider, and um, I certainly don't judge or begrudge my colleagues, my colleagues um, around the league for for those almost 30 years who moved from one team to another. They could sport. The red of Kansas City one year, and the green of Philadelphia another, or you know the the blue of the Giants one year, and, and the the red of the 49ers another. Um, I was a Raider, and I never considered that, nor do I consider it fungible. So no. Um, now, if you want to talk about giving me some equity in a team, were I to own a piece of a team. Perhaps the analysis
1: changes. Mark Davis, do you trust the franchise in his hands uh, in the future? I know you you were close with Al. Um, Mark doesn't seem like the kind of guy that you can get as close to.
0: Well, I would leave that for those who are working for Mark to talk about. I'm really kind of annoyed with myself because I keep ending sentences in prepositions. And I may be your (laughs) nerdiest guest ever, but I really don't like to end a sentence in a preposition. So when you hear me stutter and stumble, it's because I'm very annoyed at myself for so doing. And so I just ended that (laughs) sentence in about, and I don't like that. Um, I do hope. That I'm your only guest that, that gets frustrated and, and flustered when she ends a sentence in a preposition.
1: You aren't the nerdiest because I have interviewed a chess master once, which was definitely the nerdiest kid that I've ever talked to.
0: So I, I know it may strike you as odd that um, I want to talk about Biggie and Tupac and um, N.W.A. and that I get frustrated by ending <laughs> sentences and prepositions. But I don't consider those mutually exclusive tendencies so, you know, back to your question, and I'll try to articulate it grammatically. Uh, yeah, I would leave that for those people who are working for him to discuss with you. Uh, I was there for only a brief period of time. Certainly the team is doing very, very well on the field, and that's very exciting for Raiders fans.
1: The Chargers are on the move as well here to Los Angeles. The critics will say the logo is not that creative, and it's similar to the Dodgers, uh, people will say, hey, it's still close, it's two hours away. Uh, what were your initial reactions as uh, they're on the move
0: here? Uh, you know, there's been a lot of business discussion, and I love nothing better than a good business discussion about whether two teams can succeed in Los Angeles. Now, I grew up in Los Angeles, was in Los Angeles until I opted to move. Um, when Al opted to move the team, I opted to move with the team. And I'm back in Los Angeles now since having left the Raiders. And the business discussion is focused on whether or not or if and to what extent this market will support two teams. One factor missing in all the analysis I hear and I read is this. Los Angeles has never had a modern state-of-the-art stadium, or I should say has not since 1923 or so had a modern state-of-the-art stadium. And in Los Angeles, there's a propensity for people to want to be at the hip, cool, hot place to be. So if the building, uh, Stan Cronky erect, is as advertised in other words if that stadium is mag as magnificent as many anticipate it will be and if it becomes the cool place to see and be seen then I think that that's a, a very different dynamic than what currently exists with the Rose Bowl and the Coliseum
1: I'll say this they better win because in LA show up late they leave early uh, so
0: and, and yet and yet What's interesting about that, and I don't disagree with you, but what's interesting is my experience with the Raiders is that demand for our tickets was never as great as it was when we announced a sellout. We would announce games sold out and, and demand for tickets was, would quadruple or quintuple. Hmm. So if something is perceived to be a hot ticket in this town, people are going to want it. Winning is going to do that. Perhaps this building will help the teams do that as well.
1: They're going to have some luxurious sushi and other variety of foods there. You there you go. I'm sure there to bring them go. in. The Raiders' future, do you like where they're headed? Do you think David Carr can lead this team uh, to a, uh, Derek, I always mess that up every freaking time. Uh, do you think Carr can lead this team here down the road to a Super Bowl?
0: Uh, he sure is a very, very exciting player. And look, um, the absence of Carr after his injury underscores his value to that team. Uh, I think one of, and I I don't, my next sentence is not in any way um, to, to take away from Carr because he is terrific, but I'll, I'll add this in an additive fashion. Um, I said at the time, and I continue to believe that one of the most significant moves the team has made of late was the hiring of Jack Del Rio. Hmm. Uh, In Jack Del Rio, the organization, not just the team, not just the players, but the organization has the leader that it did not have under Dennis Allen.
1: Last one for you. Who do you like this weekend? Who's going to Super Bowl? Who are you like?
0: Oh, I can't tell you. i got to save that for CBS Sports uh, Network on Sunday, don't I? I?
1: I can't get a nugget. I mean, can you break it down? I mean, the, I, I, we talked about this <laughs> – during the week, this is the as a football fan, these are the perfect two matchups. I mean it's gonna it's be awesome. an
0: exciting, exciting weekend of football. I mean, these matchups are to use a very, very technical football term, delicious. They are delicious like matchups. That. And um, I can't wait for the games.
1: Looking forward to it. It's great talking to you. Make sure you go get you negotiate like a girl, and check her out on CBS Sports Network. That is Amy Trask and follow her on Twitter. As well, Amy, great talking to you. Thanks for coming on.
0: Great have, uh, great talking with you. Thank you for having me, Jake.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.